0: So let's get down to business with another episode of Start a Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io.
1: And we are back. Thank you for joining us for yet another episode of the Startup Hustle podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Conaway, founder and CEO of Innovate Her KC. And I got to tell you about today's episode sponsor. I think you all know by now that around Startup Hustle, we love ourselves some full scale. And that is because Full Scale sponsors us, they make it possible for us to bring you the stories of entrepreneurs, the real stories, the hardship, the trials, the tribulations, the fun shit. However, The other thing that you need to know about Startup Hustle and Fullscale.io is that we know hiring software developers can be really, really difficult. We've all experienced it a time or two. Fullscale can help you build a software team quickly and affordably, and they have a platform to help you manage that team. They do an amazing job supporting entrepreneurs who need that technical assistance and that technical team behind them. You can visit Fullscale.io to learn more. Now, today we we have a guest. That I've been looking forward to because today's guest is one of our top Cincinnati startups. So definitely check out that episode. But very very excited to have Kirsten Moorfield, co-founder and COO of Cloverleaf.me.
0: Now, Kirsten, welcome to Startup Hustle. How are you doing today? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. How are you doing today? I'm doing fabulously,
1: and I'm really excited to crack into this. I'm going to ask you the perennial question, and I'm going to ask you tell us about tell us about your journey.
0: That is like actually a really hard question to answer because I can think of (laughs) thirty years worth of stories of what, how, you know, like what's the journey. Um, But I will start. The first memory that comes to mind is my first like you know real job out of college, working in a career. I, around my office, would hear some of the folks tell stories. Like, one that stands out to me is I heard this guy talking about... He's an external processor and his wife is an internal processor. So she'll, you know, bring him an idea of, hey, I think we should, you know, XYZ. And he would say, what an interesting idea. Let me think about that. Did you consider this other thing? Did you consider ABC? And she would take that very personal. She'd say, of course, I thought about everything. How could you be like, you know, not thinking I'm, you know, trusting my, decision whatever right and he would say oh my gosh why are you shutting me down i need to think this through i didn't realize this was a decision you already made you know and then it would yeah right and i you know they obviously realized like okay so she should bring him into the thinking earlier before she's made up her mind it's a it's not personal if he wants to process it he should also be sensitive to she probably thought about all these things all that kind of stuff and there were other stories like this i kept hearing my coworkers talk about that were really around self-awareness and i was shocked i had never thought about any of these things before and i also never expected you to talk about that kind of stuff at at an office i thought at an office you know you just talk about like the project you need to complete and doing a good job and the client and you know that kind of stuff and so that definitely was really formative to me really helpful as a human but also Little be known to me when I was 23, that was the beginning of some a lot of the things that would birth Cloverleaf.
1: Yeah, so you, I, I find Cloverleaf so fascinating. And actually, when Matt and I were recording the Top Cincinnati Startups episode, I remember we always do this thing where we talk about which startups resonated most with us personally. And if I do remember correctly, Cloverleaf was mine because there is a great need and a great desire for people to understand how to communicate with each other. I mean, the fact is like, I can tell someone like, Hey, I'm an introvert and I, you know, have a judging analytical kind of mind, but that doesn't mean that you have the next steps, the, yep. the actionable pieces that actually improve communication. And so, so Cloverleaf really, really intrigued me. So why, why don't you tell us a little bit about that and how Cloverleaf.me fits into that framework and that self-awareness piece.
0: Yep, exactly. So spot on. Um, you know, that that experience I had where that husband was talking about his wife and how they communicate well is actually a really common experience that matters at work. You know, we all have those types of scenarios where we take something personal or where we don't realize, you know, they're asking questions because they're that judging, analytical person like you are, Lauren. Um, And so what we built with Cloverleaf is actually an automated coaching platform where you can come on and take some of the most popular psychological, um, well, they're called behavioral or strengths assessments. So if you think of like a 16 types or a disc, disc,
1: Myers-Briggs, the Enneagrams, you know, there's like a whole industry that is just devoted to helping people understand
0: who they are and how they present to the world. And it's genius and it's yeah. so helpful. And what's hard about it is once you get your results, what do you do with it? You know, And to your example, you can tell someone you're analytical, but what does that actually mean? How does that play out in a meeting? And so right. what we've done is... We partner with these assessment companies. You can come and take them on our site, or just import your scores because you've probably taken them before. <laughs> and um, and then it generates automated coaching to you. So it'll send you an email before a meeting and say, "Hey Kirsten, you're about to meet with Lauren. Um, she really likes to understand the details, so anticipate a lot of questions." Yeah. And you know, I know that going into the meeting, right? And yeah. you receive this coaching about yourself as well because self awareness is. Key. I think I read a statistic recently that I think 90% of people would self-report that they are self-aware. But when actually tested, only 10 to 15% of people are actually self-aware. I know, um, and like, as you're talking, that's resonating with me
1: because I'm sitting here like I'm self-aware. But now I have to wonder you, you've put this little seed of doubt in my head, Kirsten. So thank you for that. You're <laughs> now I'm gonna be like wandering around to like all of my nearest and dearest today, just like, hey, hey do I know myself? Uh, am I self-aware? So I, you are to blame
0: for that. Well, well done. you know, a good thing to do would be to say like, Hey, what three adjectives would you use to describe me? Or, you know, like to just ask for some feedback and be like, Hmm, is that what I thought of myself? Well, but I, I do want to point out that, you know, companies, organizations
1: that are looking to do this work, it's not it's not as easy as just write down three adjectives and see if they match with your partner. It, it's so much more complex than that. And so I'm really curious, and I'm going to ask you to dive a little bit more deeply into the methodology of Cloverleaf.me. Like, can you talk to us about these profiles and how they come together in a user interface to create actionable, useful info?
0: Absolutely. So all of the assessments, like I said, we we partner with uh, providers who have been doing this research in some cases for, you know, decades, half a century, and yeah. they they have all of the validation behind the psychology behind it. What we do that's unique is we break it down into actionable, work-applicable tips, right? So what like I talked about, the coaching that will arrive to you in your email, in your calendar, in your uh, Microsoft Teams or your Slack or wherever you're working already but then also inside the platform you can come and see what's the makeup of your team. And when we say team it's like the people you actually work with. So like it wouldn't be just the group of product managers. It would be like the product manager with the customer success person who you get a lot of input from with the engineers with the you know like these cross functional teams cuz that's how people work today. Right. And you can see well what's the makeup. Oh my goodness. I'm on the opposite side of, you know, this this Personality type than this other person is, and what does that mean? And how have I seen that play out? And what's, I mean, I could talk forever about the really interesting things that we see in the platform from that. Like, for example, yeah, when when I'm
1: mean, in- you can't dangle that carrot and then just take it away from me. Let's talk about you, that. I'll
0: tell you. Yeah. <laughs> so, so one of the things that I notice a lot when I'm brought in to look at a, a team is. um managers hire themselves. Yeah. And it doesn't always mean that you look the same or you have the same gender or anything like that. It's cognitively. Right. We hire and promote people that are similar to us, which makes a lot of sense. And there's you know a ton of research behind all of that, but it's just so interesting to me that we see that. And um, unfortunately, that's actually one of the, the, the most vulnerable ways to grow a team. That leaves you the weakest because you don't right. have cognitive diversity. And cognitive diversity is where you can have, you can hold multiple different perspectives to solve a problem that actually creates the best outcome, right? So like somebody who is really future oriented, thinking about the big picture is going to miss the details. So you need a Lauren who's analytical on that.
1: Yeah, well, because when we talk about diversity, Even within the framework of like DEI initiatives and inclusion, the fact is we see time and time again. The data has shown that diverse teams are more successful. And it's it's not necessarily because you're ticking boxes and saying, okay, you know, now we have a woman of color and we have uh, someone who identifies as gay. And we had like it's not because you're checking the boxes. It's because you're adding perspective, you're adding voices, you're adding skills, you're adding history and institutional knowledge to to your team. Like you're you're setting an expectation that with as many skills and perspectives at the table as possible, we make better decisions.
0: Right. But you you know what's one of the hardest things about D E and I? Let's hear it. It's the I part. So like there's a lot of tools out there for like get a diverse pipeline and get diverse (laughs) inside the company and onto the team. But the inclusion part is extremely difficult because if you think about what I said earlier of like managers hire and promote themselves, it's totally unintentional. And it's not that someone would say like, well, I think an analytical person is bad. And so I don't want Lauren on my team. They just
1: you, you just think- you respond to someone better. You speak their language. Like, is it is it more of like a personal comfort and familiarity? Is that I what
0: you're do- looking at? I mean, I think my observation is we are all so in our own minds, like back to that thing about self-awareness and really only 10 to 15% of people are self-aware. We're so in our own minds that we literally don't realize the ways that other people are different than us In, in in those invisible ways, like the big picture thinker versus the analytical, right? And so- What happens, very unfortunately, what often happens is that turns into a character judgment. Like, Let's say I'm futuristic, big picture thinking to your analytical. I'm going to pitch an idea. I'm going to be like, this is the best thing ever. It's going to totally change the world. And you're going to say, well, I have a question on that. The default that somebody will do is judge your character or feel that my character is being judged. So I would say, oh my gosh, Lauren just thinks I'm incompetent. She never trusts my opinion. Or I would say, man, Lauren is so negative. She never thinks we can do this. She's always the one to say, well, did you consider? Cause she's just not a believer. Right. Oh and- my
1: gosh. you're! I'm, I'm laughing as you're talking. I'm sorry. Please continue. But like I'm vibrating with recognition. I'm like, ah, I've been in these situations before.
0: <laughs> everyone, everyone is in these situations every single day. It's just the default mode that we operate in, but that's what kills inclusion is yeah. that we don't we don't realize that's happening. And so we don't realize that we're being exclusionary. We literally think there is a right way and somebody else is going the wrong way when really they're just diverse. They're just cognitively diverse. They're just seeing it from a different perspective. And you need that perspective. Yeah. Well, because if
1: you don't have that analytical person who likes to think things through on your team, then you make rash decisions and you move forward without having all of the context. It's, it's funny. I always... I always talk to people on my team and I kind of forewarn them about a couple of things. I'm like, this is what it's like to work with me. It's that self-awareness piece that comes in, which I'm now, you know, second guessing. Thank you. (laughs) But you know, one of the things that I'm known for is, is I, I, I'm a writer, I'm a good writer, but I'm not really great at self editing. And so when I write emails to people, particularly like instructional emails, I'm a context person. I want to have the background, all of the information, all of the links, all of the tags, like all of the things that I need. And so I write these like novel length emails. And so I always kind of have to forewarn my team like, hey, don't be scared. Like I'm not really expecting you to do anything with like 90% of what I write you. I'm just trying to provide you with information, keep you up to speed. But up until now, the onus has been on me to communicate that to my teams. This is how I work best. This is what you can expect from me. And this is what I expect from you. But what you're telling me or what I'm hearing is that cloverleaf.me is helping to create those, those communication touch points Absolutely. This is who
0: I am. This is what I'm about. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Lauren, why do you think it's important for you to give that preface? Uh because because it's been not well taken at times. Like I've had
1: people write back to me and be like, "Why are you giving me all of this information?" And I have to explain, this is a more of a you th- or more of a me thing than a you thing, you know? Uh, exactly. And and you know, I'm just trying to present you with information in the way that I like being presented with information. That doesn't mean it's any less valid, but it might be different from what you're used to. So just yeah. a heads up.
0: <laughs> totally. And I mean, when you know, when you're talking about writing a really long email to give context, I could totally see how someone would take that as micromanagement, right? Or um, inability to be concise, right? Everyone talks about like concise communication written and oral. I definitely have a a difficulty with, uh, being concise, but that is a whole nother issue. But even there, you say it's an issue. Why is it an issue? It might actually be a, a really big strength that you have. That, yes, sometimes there's a time and a place to not do it, right? To, to right. run it. <laughs> it is actually a strength to be able to, to give all of that context. Yeah.
1: Well, and, and, and I do, I love the idea of a platform that makes that work easier. Because when, when you're talking, and I'm going to go back to the inclusion piece that we talked about, you know, when we, when we talk about creating a strong team environment, and, and for me, and feel free to like, interject or shore up, you know, what I'm saying with things that that work for you but you know we're talking about psychological safety we're talking about the ability to share feedback and to take risks and we're talking about setting people up for success and so when you when we're talking about the inclusion piece of dei when you see people who have been historically excluded or underrepresented in roles of leadership you're, you're working at a deficit. You're starting from behind the eight ball. You not only have to create that hiring pipeline that everybody talks about ad nauseum, but you also have to make sure that once you get people in the door, you're set, able to set them up for success. You're able to support them in their decision making and give them the tools and resources that they need and give them the, the, the courage to be wrong at times. And so all of these things contribute to a really, really strong team environment. And yet we're, we're operating under this assumption to your point that we're all coming from the same point of reference and the same framework, right? So, so Cloverleaf.me is here to circumvent that.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, you know, one of the things that comes to my mind when you're talking about this is men and women, have been entering the workforce at the same rate for decades. Yeah. The higher up you go in leadership, the more the the proportion goes from being 50/50 to further skewed male. So, you know, I think it's like what is the percent of women who are CEOs of Fortune 500s? It's like 3% or something. It's like right,
1: time- it it rose from between 2015 and 2018 it
0: rose to 4%. <laughs> 4%, right? Yay, exactly. we did it. We cracked <laughs> ceiling girls like
1: yeah it's, it's a dubious
0: like, victory but a victory nonetheless and then venture <laughs> capital you know to female founder solo female founder teams like where there's not a male co-founder right it's two percent uh, and then two percent but then
1: when you're talking about women of color that number g- drops way down it's like 0.006 percent or something ridiculous like that it is it is really crazy there's a problem like the the statistics speak to systemic issues within these verticals and variables that, that we can't control. But one of the things that we can control is how we communicate interpersonally with each other.
0: Yep. And so I think that that is a really helpful point when it comes to what you were mentioning a minute ago about, you know, you can get these people in your pipeline, but how do you actually have inclusion to where they're accepted in the culture, right? right. And I think that, that, you know, the fact that for decades, men and women have been 50-50 on entering the workforce and being at the entry level. Yeah. One of the things about that is that what is expected of a, of a leader are typically- male type characteristics it's in 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 the academic research it's called agentic you're expected to be agentic which is like you're going to be the first to speak up you're going to deal with conflict openly all those types of thing with which culturally women the academic word for women is communal Uh, culturally women exhibit more communal um characteristics which is like um you know, I'm I won't be the first to speak up and I'm not gonna deal with conflict openly because I'm I'm creating space for other people and for them to to like for the community to be safe, right? Right. And what's interesting is one of our large customers, they're global, they've got like a hundred thousand people that work there. They, they wanted to make sure that Cloverleaf wasn't actually reinforcing these gender stereotypes. So we did a deep, deep dive on all of our data. And it turns out that when you look at all those characteristics, there is literally no correlation with gender. Like, wow, <laughs> like, okay. And okay. So, so this was a proprietary study that you did yeah. in the house, okay. Well, and we wanted to, when the client brought it up, we wanted to make sure like, I we don't want to be like encouraging you know social norms. That's not actually like true to 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 psychology and to how people are like innately wired, right? Yeah. Um. So I just think that's really interesting. But still, I have the question of like, well, then why is it that women women aren't represented equally up the up the ladder and up the chain? And I I do think it really comes back to there are we don't accept differences when people come across in a different way, and yeah. so. One of the things that actually a DE&I consultant who uses Cloverleaf in all of her engagements, she told me, Kirsten, what I love most about Cloverleaf is that it is teaching people the, the skills and the behaviors that result in an inclusive culture. So right. it's teaching you the skill of listening. So you understand, oh, this person communicates differently than me. Listening doesn't just mean being quiet and taking in the information. It actually looks different with different types of people, Right, right. Right. Um, it's teaching how to give feedback and how to receive feedback because, again, you know that like at old like uh, w- quote wisdom of like sandwich your feedback: give the positive, the constructive, and then the uh, positive. Some <laughs> people love that, and
1: I know, need- I know, I know, I know, I get it. I so so I I, I apologize. Like I have a very like knee jerk reaction to that because one of the things when we're talking about traits that are you typically assigned to, to women. We talk a lot about that, that kindness factor. And I, and I believe, you know, women are kind humans. I think a lot of humans are kind, like, I'm not going to put a gender on it, but what I am going to say is that there seems to be this, this idea that if I don't give the compliment sandwich as a woman, I'm being a bitch, you know, Mm -hmm. and and we, and I, I know so many women who've gotten that where it's like, I could say something as, impassionate and as flat as, you know, the guy sitting next to me, but if it's negative in connotation, whatever I'm saying, there is a, there's a kickback to that. Mm-hmm. There is a, an automatic, oh, well, you know, she, she's being unreasonable. She's being a bitch, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I, I, find it really interesting that your data is showing that you you're kind of kicking gender norms in the face a little bit. How do you
0: feel about that? I mean... I I, I feel like what we are doing, what we are always aiming to do is create cultures that are psychologically safe and that value cognitive diversity. And so yeah. we're not only kicking gender bias in the face, but it's like all the biases, age, um, you know, gener- generational bias, um, ethnic sexuality or orientation, you know, like all of that. It's like, Those things I think really, really matter to measure and, and like um, ensure that there is like care of and like intentionality behind and a lot of things throughout a company. But what I love about our platform is it's like, and remember, we are all human and we all want to do great work and we can be proud of our work. And so let's figure out how to best work together. And that will involve getting comfortable with differences Holding yeah. different perspectives and being actually not even just like comfortable and open to it, but like valuing it, wanting it, seeking it out. Yeah, I I, I can't tell you how
1: enthusiastically I love everything that you just said. So thank thank you for sharing. Um, you know, you're talking about finding that team of, of experts and the, you know, creating strong teams. And I, it would be remiss if I didn't talk a little bit about Full Scale, uh, today's episode sponsor. They are there to help you put together a team to help you do the really, really hard things. You know, you have a great idea for a technical product, and they're going to be the ones to help you get off the ground. Finding expert software developers doesn't have to be difficult, especially when you go to FullScale.io, where you can build a software team quickly and affordably affordably. affordably. You can use their full-scale platform to define your technical needs and then see what available developers, testers, and leaders are ready to join your team definitely visit fullscale.io to learn more. Now, folks, I, I just kind of cut in there really quick. I do want to remind you that we are here with one of the representatives from the top Cincinnati startups brought to you by Startup Hustle. We have with us Kirsten Moorefield, and she is co-founder and COO of Cloverleaf.me. Now, Kirsten, I am going to walk us back a little bit. Are you ready? I'm so Good. ready. One of the things that I really, really love to do on the show is I love to give our guests actionable advice things that they can implement in their lives and their business tomorrow to make or even today to make mm-hmm. their work and their life better. And so yours is a two-parter, actually. I'm gonna ask you two of these questions. You're very okay. special. I've never done this before. Oh great. Uh, but the first part, we've talked about self-awareness. And I know that everybody loves taking these personality profiles and kind of trying to get at the meat of who they are. But mm-hmm. in in your day-to-day, if you don't have access to the what it what feels like hundreds of different personality profile tests out there what are some things that you can do in your life to create a an environment of self awareness to give yourself permission to be who you are and know who that is mm-hmm.
0: Oh my gosh. I have so much advice on that. So first and foremost, if you don't have access to these assessments, you actually do. You can go to cloverleaf.me and start a free uh, trial. You can, take, you can take, I think six of them we have available for free. Sure, um, sure. That's
1: so special. I, I thank you very much for picking that up. Cause I didn't even know. <laughs>
0: you you can take them and you can start a free team trial. And so you can start to experience what automated coaching is by inviting in your team. Um, but also Let's say you don't do that, uh, which I hope you do, but let's say you don't. Um, I think Definitely do. Sorry. There's so, so many, yeah. <laughs> there's so many important things to do. I think one is self-reflection. What is it about when you when you notice you're feeling an extreme, like you're extremely proud of what you just did. You just feel light and bubbly and you're just like, gosh, that was awesome. I think I rocked that. Or when you're feeling really exhausted at the end of the day, and you're just like, oh, I all I want to do is go to bed or binge Netflix, right? When you're feeling those like very big feelings, why? Like reflect on what is it that happened? What is it that you feel so good about? And be very, very open to the fact that these things can be really contradictory. So for example, I will get, if I have a day of back-to-back Zooms, I'm going to be so, so drained. But if I have a day of no Zooms, I'm going to be so, so drained. And if I have a day of like, like some of my, my best, most exciting things come out of really what would appear to be extroverted things. Like, talking to you right now, Lauren, this is a hey, fun conversation. Hey, you're doing great. Yeah. A little introvert. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. <laughs> and there's also things where I do my very, very best if I am just all alone. And I mean, a hundred percent alone, like there's no technology, there's nothing to interrupt me. And I, it's just me in a notebook and the thoughts collate and like come out like so, so well. And it's just like powerhouse. Right. Yeah. And what's really interesting is I knew this about myself and I reflected on this about myself, but I didn't really know how to articulate it actually until a coach took me through an assessment called Berkman. And he told me, you know, Hey, Kirsten, you are as introverted as they come and as people oriented as they come. Oh my gosh.
1: Wait, wait, wait. I need to time out with you because I feel that in my soul. What does that mean to you? Cause I, I'm the same, like I'm an introvert, like people take energy from me and yet I'm good at peopling. Like I, it's not that I hate peopling. It's just that it's a lot. Yeah. No, it is manifest
0: for you. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, Yeah. I mean, Lauren, it might be different for you, but what it was for me is that like, I just really, really, really care about people and my brain will shut down if I talk too much. Yeah. Like I literally stop being able to form sentences. I can't make really good decisions. I'm totally out of touch with my intuition. I feel a lot more fatigue and I have to analyze things more before I feel comfortable with them. Whereas if I just get alone and I can just reflect on it, like, oh, boom, it comes out. But if I stay alone for too long, I don't have those people that I really care about, right? So. Back to your question of practical, tactical for other people. I hope that story is helpful of just recognizing you when you reflect on what it is that gives you energy or that takes your energy or that makes you proud or that makes you feel like you failed, those things don't always have to be fully logically like enmeshed together. We are all actually quite complex. People are complicated. And so, but taking inventory of them can help you start to see, I want to do more of this thing. And I want to do less of that thing. And right. you can't make wholesale changes today, but you can you can, you can, can start to edge things that way, nudge them that way. Um, another thing that's critical to self-awareness is actually how you come across to other people. So I said, hey, ask somebody else three adjectives about yourself. Oh my gosh, I can't suggest that enough. Um, <laughs> just, even if you just text like three people in your life that right now, like you're going to learn something because they probably also probably won't just text you three words, right. probably some explanation. And like, it is just so it's encouraging. It's insightful and it sparks really great conversation.
1: That's awesome. I, you know what? I'm actually going to take that challenge, Kirsten. When we hop off, I'm going to text my my besties and be like, Hey, let's do a little uh, exercise in, in egoness. Tell me about me. Uh, <laughs> I'm definitely going to do that. No, that's awesome. Uh, all right. I have, I I promised you a second part to the question. Mm -hmm. So this one, are you, are you ready? I I feel like you're ready. ready. You've you've been ready for everything that I've thrown at you thus far. Like you're, you're doing great. Uh, Here it goes. We've talked about how to be self-aware, but how do you, how do you communicate better in teams? What are some actionable things that you can do to, I guess, communicate about um allow for like these differences in personality and these differences in communication styles that we're talking about here.
0: Um well, I think one of the key things is to actually ask the question about that. So, for example, one of the things that I've become self-aware about is within about 30 seconds of a meeting, if nobody else has said, "All right, guys, here's what we're doing." I jump right on in even if I didn't organize the meeting I'm like we're wasting time it's time to go guys right and, <laughs> and so I will I've I've learned is instead of doing that say hey would it be helpful if I got this kicked off or hey are you like do you have a plan here you know like instead of just assuming like oh my gosh they're unprepared I'm gonna I'm gonna make this yeah meaningful, um which is one of those default things right like it's default to me that if no one's stepping up I'm gonna do it but right. that actually there are more people who aren't going to do that, but who are very prepared, they're just letting the small talk go on. Right. Right. Um, and, and I could have steamrolled, I have steamrolled so many times unintentionally. Um, I think, I think like learning to ask questions. Um, and I think also one of the biggest keys is when you notice yourself like tensing up or taking something personal or getting frustrated, ask a question about it because most of the time it's not actually the story you're telling yourself in your mind like it's not that when lauren asks me questions she's thinking i just can't handle this on my own it's actually lauren is like you know really analytical and just wants to understand the details and that's good for me and so asking a question of like well help me understand why, why you think that's important right now, or help me understand where you're coming from on this. Uh, Help me understand is like just a great beginning. Oh, I
1: love that. Like, to your point, like, I think it's really uh, fascinating, but I think that people often feel more comfortable when they have those back pocket statements and questions, like those things that they can kind of naturally fall back on, like with enough use, it just becomes second nature. So I love that. I'm going to add that to my repertoire. Help Help me me understand.
0: understand me understand. I it's so it. important. Yeah. I'm a I'm a big Brene Brown fan and she'll she'll say the story I'm believing is, you know, like the, the for, for the example I just gave, the story I'm believing is you're not prepared for this meeting and I need to step in and organize it, right? I would never say that to somebody, but it's really <laughs> hard to, well, to think why that not? <laughs> <laughs> because, because it sounds insulting. <laughs> but I would, but I like if you can catch yourself thinking something like oh my gosh they're not prepared be like oh, no 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 actually that's just the story i'm telling myself right let me ask you a question to get a better understanding hey are do we have an agenda for this meeting hey would it be helpful if i if i organized us getting started you know just ask the question
1: yeah I like that. And honestly, I feel like that is really, really great business advice. It's really great life advice. In fact, like yeah. often, we so often we come from a place of assumption and assumptions tend to be informed by our own personal experiences, the way that we view the world, our lenses and perspectives. And so when we're yeah. making those assumptions, rather than just Taking a pause and asking the question, we're we're not coming from a place of, of pure knowledge. We're coming from a place of impressions and biases. And when we're talking about that inclusion piece, that uh, you know, psychological safety piece, like we we have to stay away from those. We have to be feel comfortable making the ask, and we have to feel uncomfortable or we have to get comfortable with getting uncomfortable. Whew, that was a sentence. Uh, <laughs> but we have to make sure that we're leaving space for those kinds of questions to come about rather than just thinking that we're the authority on a, on a topic.
0: Yeah, it's so true. And you mentioned the word ego, which I, I, I just, I think that most people, when they think ego, they think it's negative. You know, like you, you joked like, oh, I'll do an ego thing and I'll, you yeah. know, ask my friends, right? Actually, like getting a really, really clear understanding of yourself is, is very selfless. Like it actually is really, I mean, it's, it's also selfish if you're doing, if you get a better understanding of what will make you the most satisfied in life, like (laughs) you will feel the most satisfied. Um, But also you will be doing the things that you are best at. In the places where they're needed. So like I am best at kicking off a meeting, but it's not best if I'm doing that where it's not needed, like where it's steamrolling somebody else, right? And so me getting to understand, okay, that's my default. So I can pick up when I'm at the beginning of the meeting, we're two minutes in and I'm starting to feel antsy and frustrated that nobody's organized this. I can yeah. like, I think that's the hardest part is to recognize those triggers. Like, yeah, oh, actually this, I shouldn't judge their character. I should actually stop, pause, and recognize this is how I would approach this situation and this person's doing something different and I don't understand why, and so I'm gonna ask a question or I'm gonna be curious and open-minded about what's really happening here.
1: Yeah. Well, and I do, I'm going to, I'm going to give a little, little caveat here and see, this is a, this is a perfect example. Uh, the the communication that Kirsten and I just had is, is a classic case of we're, we're just coming from two different lenses. So like when I say ego in my head, I actually view ego as a good thing uh, within reasonable amounts, <laughs> uh, you know, and, and it's funny because I've talked about this on the show before, but I actually think that entrepreneurs... <laughs> You have to have a little bit of ego somewhere in there, right? Because mm-hmm. you, if you look at a problem and you say, my solution, the thing that I can do, can solve this problem better than anyone else, that requires ego. That requires a belief in oneself that as long as it's supported and it's not, you know, ridiculous or cruel, that's actually a good thing. It can be a very motivating factor. But- because Kirsten doesn't know me and doesn't know, I think that way, like she hears yep. the word ego and she's like, Hey, real quick, I'm going to push back. When in fact, I think we kind of believe the same thing. Yeah. Right? I mean, it sounds yeah. like it. <laughs> it's a perfect so,
0: example. It's yes. a
1: perfect example. it's what's <laughs> happened like right here at the little micro level while we're having this conversation. So, so I'm yeah. going to, I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna pop in with some advice. Uh, if you are a startup founder or if you are looking to maximize your team, uh, you know help help your team figure out how to really communicate well with each other. Definitely check out cloverleaf.me and you, you have a free trial. How long is the free trial? Two weeks two weeks, take some of the assessments. Let's get self-aware. Let's get talking to our teams and figuring out how we can all work together. Because when we all work together well, our businesses are more successful. Our personal lives are more profitable. We're happier. We're more fulfilled. Um, All of those things are wonderful. And I just, I, I have to thank you so much for your work in this, this area, Kirsten. Thank you.
0: Thank you. No, thank you, Lauren. I appreciate that. And one thing I would specifically add for founders is like, as your team grows, it's so critical to be self aware of what you need to stop doing and what you are best at so that you can keep doing those things that really only you can do and are going to be the best thing. Which for some people is going to be like heads down coding, for other people, it's going to be like communicating and evangelizing your message to the whole world. And for other people, it's yeah. going to be like creating systems and processes to scale your team. You know, like there's so many different things, and it's critical that you are self aware of what is going to energize you, what is your unique wiring, because that's what your team needs from you. That's what your customers, your vendors all need from you. For sure. And it's going to help you avoid burnout because startups are really, really long marathons, right? <laughs> so, so take care of yourself and, and build your, I mean, it's one of the best parts of being a founder is you get to build your job description to who you are. Yeah. With time. As you can scale your time.
1: I know. I I love that. And and actually, so I'm about to ask you the human question. And I usually don't do this, Kirsten. Usually it has nothing to do, the, the question has nothing to do with the conversation that we've had previously. But I you keep on you keep on making me throw curveballs at you. Look at what you made me do. I'm pointing Great. at you right now and wagging a finger. You did this. Great. I'm gonna ask you, uh, give us three
0: words that describe you. Oh my gosh. Okay. Um, um, enthusiastic, um, pensive and strategic.
1: Okay. So you, you believe those about yourself and I'm going to give you three adjectives for you. I'm going to say that you are, you're clearly brilliant. Oh, you're kind uh, You are, you're inclusive. Like you have an inclusivity lens, which I which I just love and enjoy so much. And as a female founder, you are inspiring.
0: Those are your ah. <laughs> <laughs> so. May there be so many female founders and founders of, of all kinds, like every ethnicity, country of origin, all like of all kinds. May there, we all have such good ideas. And I just hope that, if I can if if I could be inspiring, that's incredible because I just hope that more and more people who are sitting on these incredible ideas see that it's possible. See Absolutely. that they can
1: make it. Hashtag representation thing. matters. Yes. <laughs> it does. It does. Yeah. <laughs> that's like that's like ninety-nine point nine percent of my job. Uh <laughs> yeah. all right. Well well Kirsten, I, I cannot thank you enough. Um it has been I, I love, all right, I, I love talking to all of the Startup Hustle guests, but but when I talk to a guest that I'm just like, ah, I see you, I feel what you're saying, like, there's a, there's a synergy that happens. Like, I have a big old shit-eating grin on my face right now, just so you know, because this has been a good interview, and you are to blame. Again, I'm blaming you for all kinds of things right now.
0: Uh, well, that's a great thing to be blamed for. I really appreciate it, Lauren. <laughs> you have such good energy. It's really been so fun talking with you. Thank oh, you very, very so much for also, yeah, if you decide right. you want to come do sales, it sounds like you're really good at selling Cloverleaf. So you hey,
1: all right, that's uh, that's job security right there, babies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, well, well, friends, I also have to tell you about Full Scale one more time. Um, I know that we talk about Full Scale a lot, and there's a reason for that. You know, they they make startup hustle possible, but really, what we're all about as startup hustle is making the entrepreneurial entrepreneurial experience better for founders. How can we help you learn, become more effective, be more strategic, all of those things. Full Scale's right there. If you are building a technical product, if you need software developers, it doesn't have to be hard. So just visit fullscale.io. They will help you build a software team quickly and affordably. Uh, you know, They can help you define your technical needs. They can get you developers, testers, and leaders that are ready to help you and take you to the next level. Visit fullscale.io to learn more. Friends, I also want to ask you, ask you a favor. Uh, you know, we, we build this thing and we do this thing for you. We, we love telling entrepreneur stories, but more importantly, we love having your ear week after week. And so we want you to get engaged. We want you to tell us what you want to hear, what stories you want to be a part of. So, so help us out. Find you can find startup hustle chat. That's on Facebook. You can find us on LinkedIn. Uh, go to to startuphustle.xyz. Give us show suggestions. We want to hear from you. This is all for you. Help us do it better and keep on coming back and listening week after week, friends. We we really appreciate this time with you, and we will catch you on the flip side.